when you really have encountered, things change. Victory is mine before my eyes can see. You need a new birth experience. Now there's nothing that can keep me from my promise. Set apart to God. Direct access. Everybody, hope you're doing well. Here we are, breaking through with James Levesque. I want to thank you for tuning in because guess what? I believe today is your day for a breakthrough. Come on. I want to talk today about last words, right? You know, it's always, it's kind of crazy to me because Christianity is one of these wild things, right, where Think about the songs we sing, right? We sing all these songs about giving our lives to the Lord and serving him and obeying him and miracle way maker, right? Miracle worker. But it's one of the only things where we can be content singing about something and not doing it. Imagine if I had like my staff back in Connecticut and I was like, guys, we're preparing for a conference, right? And I walked in and everybody's at the table. I'm like, okay, guys, uh, here's what I want you to do. Um, I want you to clean the church and get everything ready and let's, you know, get our cards together and our welcome center and do all this stuff and please get this done and the weeds in the front of the church. We got to get those cleaned up. And, and I went through my whole list and imagine if they're like, okay, okay, okay. And I walked in the next week and they're still there. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, uh, we're going to sing about it. We're going to clean the weeds in the name of the Lord. And like, What? Okay, I like the passion, but we got to get the stuff done. And imagine if I left, imagine if I came back a week later and they were like, oh Lord, I just thank you that these weeds are going to get pulled up. Look, eventually these people got to find other employment. Because Christianity is, because I want things done. I want you to do what we need to get done. And Christianity is one of these only things where like we can be content doing everything but what he told us to do. I want to talk about the last words of Jesus. A buddy of mine called me not too long ago. It was a weird phone call. It was late into the night. He said, hey, uh, what's up, buddy? I said, how you doing, man? I haven't talked to you in a long time. He goes, man, I'm watching this Netflix documentary. Okay, 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 what's going on? Man, it's just so amazing, and it has to do with, like, the last words of people that are on, like, death row. I'm going, What? Isn't that so neat? All these people are, are on death row, and, and, you know, what's their famous last words? And it's going over all these serial clips, and I'm like, dude, I have no interest. Don't you want to know? I have no, no, I don't want to know. Like, bro, I'm like, get a life. What are you doing? And I loved on him and hung up the phone, having no intentions to look up any documentary. And then my train of thought, I just, just look, I got, a, you know, true stories here. My train of thought was this. Dude, you're a loser. Get a life. No, you're actually not. I love you. I don't care about anyone's last words at all. Well, maybe I care about somebody's last words. Well, I don't care about like my wife's. 
Actually, I care about what Jesus said. Think about that. I got a Christian consumed with like serial killers last words. Like, why don't we think about what the last words of Jesus were? Think about it. Right? We all, we all love the Lord. You don't think that the last words he spoke on earth were like crucial? Well, guess what? We have those last words today. I want you, if you have your Bible, it's open to me the Mark chapter 16. And I want to share about the last words of Jesus. We're going to start in Mark 16 at verse 14. I believe we have it here on the screen. Later, he appeared to them. And it says, he rebuked them for their unbelief and their hardness of heart because they didn't believe him after he rose from the dead. And then it says this, Jesus said to them, this is the last words of Christ. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He that believes and is baptized will be saved, but he that has disbelieved will be condemned. And these signs will follow them that believe. This is the last words of Jesus. You don't think he thought about this? In my name. You're going to cast out demons, speak with new tongues. If you pick up serpents or drink anything deadly, basically you're going to be protected. And here's the last, what's about the last words of Jesus? And you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. What can you imagine if you and I were in this scene? Imagine this. We're standing around and Jesus is like about to ascend. And we're like, what is going to happen? Oh my goodness, is the Lord really going to leave? And this is crazy. And we're like, what do you want us to know? I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Okay. He that believes and is baptized will be saved. He that rejects will be condemned. And here's what I want you guys to know before I leave this earth. There's signs that are going to follow them that believe. Friends, this was the birthing of the early church. Listen to me clearly. This, there was no understanding of Christian television or conferences or church or, you know, Sunday school programs. There was no veggie tales. Hear me clearly. It's Jesus and the beginning of what would shake this world. And they're just waiting for what he wants them to do. They're just standing by last words. This is what you're going to be known for before you leave your last words. Go in all the world and preach the gospel. And these signs will follow them that believe. Can you imagine Jesus just takes off? Ah! Dude just descends and we're like, yo, what just happened? Imagine you in that room with me and we're all standing around looking at one another like, what just happened? What, what is happening? What does that mean? Well, what would you do? You know what wouldn't happen? Somebody in the group would go, oh, I know exactly what we're going to do. We're going to buy church buildings and make them the center of everything we got to come to. And we're not going to really go out. We're just going to make, of course you wouldn't say that. You know what you wouldn't do? Uh, Jenny, grab the shovel. Let's, uh, let's start packaging uh, ascension dirt. Right? Let's just dig up the dirt and package it and mail it out to everybody on TV and just let them know they can have a piece of the ascension. You would never do such a thing. How do we get here from there? How do we get here from going to all the world, preach the gospel to like, serve me, serve me, serve me? It's crazy. See, the Great Commission is not the Great Suggestion. 
And when you think about Jesus leaving this earth, he left this earth and he gave us all power and authority. Matthew 10, 8, he gave them all power and authority. Heal the sick, cleanse them, raise the dead, cast out the devils, freely receive, freely give. Luke chapter 9, he gave them all power and authority. Why? And what did the early church do in Mark 16? When it said he left and he ascended, then the very next word says, they went into all the world with signs accompanying, amen. It's crazy. And when I think of the last words of Jesus, I think that we have some work to do. I think that God is looking for a remnant of people to get back to what he originally wanted us to do. See, you're on this earth. We get so attached to this world. We're so in love with this earth. But the reality is you're just passing through. You're an alien. Come on. Some of y'all look like aliens. No, I'm kidding. You're an alien just passing through. All of us. We're not. This place should never feel right. At any given moment, we know we're not going to be here. You're passing through. Why are we passing through? What is life worth? What are we here for? You're here to do the works of Jesus. You're here to finish what started that day with his last words. A lot of people get confused about that. Sure, look, I've planted 30 plus many churches. I love the body of Christ. I am a pastor. We're going to plant more churches. But I got to tell you that the mission is different, right? It's not about collapsing on the inside and just making it about us. It's really about the mission. And the mission was preach the gospel. I'm going to protect you. The mission was these signs will follow them that believe. Do you know that he's a miracle worker? Do you know that the signs and wonders are for today? Do you know that the dead can be raised again? Like, why are we walking away from the mission because of barrenness we see in the day today? This is why we're here. We are here to do the works of Jesus Christ. Some might say, well, you don't understand how old I am. I don't care how old you are. The Holy Spirit doesn't have an age. You don't understand how young I am. You don't understand how big I am, how little I am. I don't care. The Holy Ghost in you is ready to do the greater works and to do what Jesus called us to do. So many people today, you know, we live in, in, in this convenient day, right? Everything is just fast and everything is freely accessible. Man, I don't want like a screen Jesus. I want the real thing. I don't want limitations put on the Christianity I could have. Let me just tell you something. When I got saved, somebody handed me a Bible. I began to read the works of Christ and it changed my life forever. You know what I didn't want when I met the Lord? Exhausting Christianity. You know what I didn't want when I met Jesus? Going back to barrenness, going back to dead religion. I see so many Christians today. They've asked the Lord to be their Lord and Savior, but they're still living in prison. It's like, what are you doing? He said in John 10, 10, I came to give you life and life more abundant. Why are we settling for anything less? Why? Why? Why be in the unlimited when we're settling for limited? Why settle for a cupful, Catherine Coleman said, when the whole ocean is yours? And we've really got to do some hard research in our lives and go, man, what is this that we're after, Right? What, what, what did Jesus say? When I got, man, I remember I got saved. I was so tired of commentaries. I was so tired of, you know, people that were conservative arguing with me about the things of God, right? I knew that everything in this word was mine. And you know what I did? First thing I did, I didn't just go read Romans Road. I didn't go down John 1 and on so I could be a new disciple. You know what I did? I told everybody, I don't want your new birthday. I don't want your new believers classes. I told them, I don't want it. I don't, I don't care about your five steps to whatever. You know what I want? I'm going to take this Bible. 
I, just, I told my youth pastor this. I said, bro, I'm going to take this Bible and I'm just going to read the words of Jesus because that's the only thing that matters to me. What did he say? What did he do? How did he think? Who did he heal? What did he speak? I wanted to know who he was. I didn't want to filter on him. I didn't want somebody teaching me who Jesus was who didn't experience his power at work through them. And so I'm telling you today, we've got to get back to obeying the words of Christ. We can't fall victim to dead religion. We can't fall victim to effortless and powerless Christianity. We've got to get back to the gospel, right? We've got to get back to the full gospel of Jesus Christ. And that happens through one thing, obedience. Are we doing what he said? Are we obeying what he said? That's all that matters. The Bible says in Hebrews 5 that Jesus learned obedience through the things that he went through. I got to break it to you. If Christ had to learn obedience, ladies and gentlemen, we got some work to do. If Jesus had to learn obedience, that means you and I have to. And it might not come that easy, but it's going to be worth it. As a pastor, there is one question I get, it seems. I get lots of questions. There's one question I get that seems to be above all the questions. And everyone's asking me, what is God's will for my life? People are always curious. Why am I here? What is God's will? What does he want me to do? And maybe you're watching right now in your homes or on your phones or at your job, whatever you're doing. <laughs> you shouldn't be watching this at your job unless you work for this place, okay? Maybe you're out going, what is God's will for my life? Well, guess what? Coming up next, I'm going to explain to you exactly why you're here. I'm going to explain to you exactly what God's will is for your life. Tune in and get ready to be challenged and changed. We're going to pray for you after the break and watch the power of God invade your homes. We love you and thank you for tuning in to Breaking Through. Are you ready to ignite your faith? Then look no further than Pastor James Levesque's new book, Fire, preparing for an end time outpouring. This book contains 12 principles that will unlock the power within and cause you to walk in a new level of boldness and power. For a suggested donation of only $12.99, we will send you a personal autograph copy. Log on to jameslevac.org and get your copy today. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you're well. We are talking about Jesus' words, right? His last words to us. And I was mentioning before the break, one of the number one questions I get, and, and look, it's probably a question you've had yourself. What is God's will for my life? That's a normal question a lot of people want to know. But I got some encouraging news for you. Number one, his word is his will. Come on, say it with me. His word is his will. You know, it's that simple. When I got born again, I wasn't waiting for like all these prophetic words or people to like, you know, tell me what God's plan was for me. I began to read the word of God and I began to say, okay, God, whatever promise is in this book is what you're calling me to live like. And so, yes, I believe in prophecy. Yes, I believe the word of the Lord is true, even through prophets and people that are prophetic. But his word is his will. I want to show you a scripture from John chapter 20, John 20, verse 21. And uh, I believe it's a scripture that's going to be so crucial for you. And it says this. It says, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. That means in the same manner the Lord has sent us, he's calling us. 1 John 3, 8, as you see up here, says this. He that sins is of the devil, for the devil's sin 
For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he would destroy the works of the devil. That, listen, my point is the plan hasn't changed. You are here to destroy the works of the devil. You are here to do the works of Jesus. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. That means in the same manner, in the same spirit, in the same anointing. Come on. As Christ was on this earth, he is now sending you. What is the new birth experience? As a believer, it, when you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, it opens you up for everything. Hear me clearly. It opens you up for everything. And the reality is when Jesus said, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Hear me clearly. He wasn't talking just about himself, but he was explaining what is possible with the new birth experience. And so you and I have access by salvation. When that blood was shed, you and I have access to do the works of Jesus. Everything he did on this earth, we do. Everything he said we can do, we can do. And so when we begin to think about his will, what, it, what happens, let me ask you a question. If I asked any child in Sunday school, where does Jesus live? What is he going to say? He's going to say, in my heart. Jesus lives in my heart. Well, guess what? The mandate hasn't changed now that he lives in you. He is in us to do his works on this earth. He is in us to do the works of Jesus. That's why he's in our lives. And so we can't forget the purpose. We can't forget the plan. That It hasn't changed. Jesus said, I have come that you would have life more abundantly. He said, I have come that people would be reconciled unto me. This is why we're here. We are here to reconcile Jesus to a lost and dying world. And so that purpose in us is just as sure as it is when the Lord died on the cross, right? What is God's will? It's his will that we would do his mission on earth. Any child of Sunday school says Jesus lives in my heart. That's why he lives in you. So what does that mean? That means that we are to think like he does. We're to respond like he does. Our mission needs to be his. Look, our hearts need to burn for the things that burn on God's heart, right? His word is his will. His word is our will on this earth. And so it's so easy when we live in this temporal world to be focused on it, to be fixated on it. It's so easy to get distracted on this earth when he's called us to do the mission. And so it's important that we don't let go of what he is on this earth to do. What did he say? Then that's what I believe. If he said he's my healer and he can do miracles today, I'm going to stand on his word. Look, word truth doesn't look for culture to back it up. Chances are, if you go to a lot of places today that claim to be the Lord or Christian, they're not going to believe crazy. Look, I realize right now, true believers that believe in the full gospel is pretty rare. I get it. But a signs and wonders movement is coming on this earth. Miracle power is coming on this earth. And the Lord is looking for people to stand on his word and believe in this hour, more crucial than ever. We are at a turning point in this nation. And the only thing that's going to change it is the power of the Holy Spirit. We are at a turning point in society. And that changes when you and I go, okay, Father, what am I on this earth to do? That's what I want to do. 
I will go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. And I'll say what you want me to say. And let me tell you, when you choose to do his will, boldness will come upon you. We had a, we had a precious mom in the church. And, uh, you know, she, she, look, she didn't have a lot of money. She was an older woman, African-American woman, powerful mama. And she got a letter in the mail. And that letter was like, you know, uh, from Governor Weicker. It was like one of Connecticut's old governors. He was coming in for a breakfast and you can RSVP and whatever. She felt like the Lord told her to go when she saw that envelope. She's not a loud woman. She's not like a boisterous, but she's a Holy Ghost woman. And somebody came to her house that day and said, I feel like I'm supposed to give you a certain amount of money. She goes, that's what it is to register for the breakfast. So she did. And you would get a chance at the breakfast, it's live on TV, uh, to ask a question to the governor. And she went. And it was so amazing because she sat in the back. Everybody's asking questions to the former governor. And she had her hand up. And they finally came to her. She's like a timid woman, like on the outset. And they went up to her and said, okay, it's your turn. You're going to be the last question of the day. We're filming on TV. You got to be loud. Speak into the microphone. Hold it close. You know, everything for television. And she stood up. And the governor's sitting there. And she comes on the wing. And she was the final question of the day. This is Governor Lowell Weicker. I mean, one of the top governors in the history of Connecticut. She stood up. They put the microphone in her hand. And this, this, this like soft-spoken mom. She said, Governor, I want to thank you for everything you've done for the, this state. Thank you for your service in government. I want to add, I had one question for you. I realized the last question of the day. Thank you for your time. But here's my question. If you were to die today, do you know, it's on TV, do you know for certain, without a shadow of a doubt, that you would go to heaven? Has anyone ever told you that God loves you and has a plan for your life? And the governor stopped, and he's like, wow, nobody ever told me that God loves me. And she said, well, the, the other question that I've already asked is, do you know for certain that if you would die today, you would go to heaven? He said, I don't know that I'm going to heaven. This is on TV, man. It's crazy. I don't know that I'm going to heaven. And she said, I could pray for you right now to receive. She's on television. This is literally the local channel. She RSVP'd to go to the special brunch. And she said, I can pray for you right now to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And you will know that you're going to heaven. He didn't know what to say. He said, you know, I really feel what you're telling me. He's touching my heart. Can we talk afterwards and pray together? You know, I think he was Jewish or something. He said, we can talk more, but thank you for sharing that. Here's what you have to understand. Obedience is everything. They did pray together. I'm not sure the outcome, but the point is when you want to do what God's called you to do, you're going to be bold. The righteous, the Bible said, are as bold as a lion. And here's the thing. This world we live in, think about the world. You are called to infiltrate that world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are called to invade this earth with the gospel, with his power, with his boldness. Here's the deal. Everybody I know wants power. Everywhere we travel, our schedule is so busy. Everyone wants fire. Everybody wants part impartation. Everybody wants power. I'm going to tell you something. Power, hear me clearly, is with a purpose. Power is with a purpose. We are not going to have the power of God without the purpose of God. So here's my question to you. If he gives you all power and he gives you all authority, what would you do with it? I tell the church all the time, everybody wants money. I'm like, if I gave you 100 grand today, 
But the only stipulation is you have to spend every dollar on the kingdom. Do you even have a vision worth the hundred grand? Most people don't. And if we want power and authority, do we know what we want to do with it? Do you know what you want to do for the gospel to see this world changed? Or are you just sitting? That's the difference of obeying what his words were and living in supernatural power. And so I'm telling you, that same boldness that came on that woman is going to come on your life. That same power and authority that she spoke in, you will speak with. It's power with a purpose. We are called to see this world changed by the mighty hand of God. But you know what we're called to do? Bring heaven to earth. Think about what's in heaven. There's no tears in heaven. There's no bitterness in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. And that's what Jesus said. He said, when you pray, here's the apostolic prayer model. Our Father that art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Can you pray that with me today? Are you willing to say as it is in heaven? Are you willing to say, Lord, I want my house, my family as it is in heaven? I want my city as it is in heaven. I want my job as it is in heaven. I want my school as it is in heaven. That's the point. The point is to see that kingdom realm in heaven invading this earth. That's why we're on this earth. And so God is looking for people to go, look, not my will, but yours. As it is in heaven, I want to obey the last words of Jesus. I want to obey what he's called me to do on this earth. Think about it. You and I should reflect heaven. We need to engage heaven. Come on, our ministry, our churches, engaging heaven. We are engaging heaven to see this world shaken. And the Father is looking for those that will bring heaven to earth and that are willing to say, God, I'll do your will. I'll do what you're calling to me to do. I'm willing to say yes, no matter what is your yes. That's all we have. Lord, I've told him years ago, no matter what the question is, the answer is yes. And so today I want to pray for you. I want to believe that God's going to touch you and he's going to invade in your homes today. And no matter what you're going through, heaven is going to invade your life because you've got to realize today you have a plan from the Holy One. You have a purpose. And so right in your homes today, go ahead and stretch your hands towards the screen and let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the last words that you've commanded us and commissioned us. And I release your power. I release that authority. I release that boldness into every household right now. Father, I thank you for your mighty hand at work in our lives. I release courage and boldness that the righteous would be bold as a lion. Father, we receive it today. We receive it today in the mighty name of Jesus. You know, I feel the Lord telling me right now that there's going to be divine appointments in your life. Get ready. Open your eyes. God is going to do mighty works in your life, I believe, as a result of this broadcast. When you walk away from here today, it's going to be a new power in your life and a new faith and new courage and boldness. This is what God is looking for in this final hour. This is why he died on the cross. And when he said, go into all the world, he was talking to us. What a privilege we get to be alive right now. In the name of Jesus, we love you. Signing off, breaking through. Love you guys.